Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Eagles Unfiltered. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles! This podcast is powered by Eagle Maven of Sports Illustrated. Third down and one. What did he do with this? First down and a touchdown. Here are your hosts, Ed Kraz and Connor Miles. All right, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Eagles Unfiltered, powered by Believe Podcast Network and sponsored by BetOnline.ag, the best sports betting website around. Remember, promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, will get you um, matching up to your initial deposit up to 50%. So go ahead and go on betonline.ag, go over there and, uh, you know, basketball is going on right now. Football is underway still with the season roaring on. Win some money at betonline.ag with the rest of the crew over at Eagles Unfiltered. Connor Miles, my co-host, Ed Kras, as always. Ed, it's official. Connor. Officially announced, you are at Novacare Complex right now because of the news that was just announced. Jalen Hurts out for this Dallas Cowboys game on Christmas Eve, Saturday at 4.25 p.m. Eastern time. Carter Minshew will be the quarterback, not Jalen Hurts. What is your initial takeaways about that? Because I think it's the smartest play for the Eagles and their postseason dreams. Yeah, I mean, listen, this, this season now has become about winning a Super Bowl, not winning one more game over the last three to clinch the NFC East the number one seed in the playoffs, which comes with a buy. So, yeah, I mean, it's the smart play. Minshew's not like uh, some slouch. This guy's played a lot of games. Uh, he's pretty good with ball security. Um, and now it's in his in his lap to go down to Dallas and see if he can win that NFC East, maybe give Jalen Hurts, a, you know, another week uh, to heal that sprained shoulder. Um, it's not believed to be serious. Hurts' shoulder, this could just be a one-week uh, situation. But listen, I, I think it's the smart play. Gardner Minshew, who's going to talk to us later here today at the Novacare Complex. Um, you know, he, he was in Mississippi earlier in this week to deal with the loss of his coach he was very close with at Mississippi State and Mike Leach. He's already a pretty emotional guy. And, you know, who's to say he's not going to want to go out there and, you know, win one for the Gipper, so to speak, you know, try to honor Mike Leach by uh, going out there and winning a game. So I think this is a good move for the Eagles. I think it changes things up a little bit. Um, obviously the things are going to look different offensively, but this was the right call by the Eagles. I mean, I, I you hit on it to a T because I was going to say the same thing with Mike Leach passing away and Gardner Minshew's that's his old coach at uh, Washington State University and the connection that they had. It's it's like the stars kind of aligned here yeah. for Gardner Minshew to play and you know right on the the eve of Mike Leach's passing, he's going to be starting this game on Christmas Eve as well. Uh, you know, the story writes itself there. And, you know, it's yeah. funny that there's a lot of panic and there's a lot of hysteria from Eagles fans because obviously you want to see Jalen Hurts and his MVP campaign continue. But this is this is part of the Eagles' tradition, having the <laughs> backup quarterback come in in an important game. And I'm not going to lie yet, history shows the Eagles can win those games. 
I mean, I've seen Mark Sanchez go into Dallas on Thanksgiving. I've seen Jeff Garcia go into Dallas as the Eagles backup. They've had Foles. They've had A.J. Feely win important games. The list goes on and on, Ed. Mm -hmm. The backup quarterback has played a pivotal role throughout the Eagles, and it would not be a great season that it is if the Eagles didn't have a backup quarterback come in and win a game this year. (laughs) That would be, you know, that's the, the icing on the cake. The cherry on top will be the Super Bowl, but the icing on the cake is having the backup quarterback come in during a great season and win a game for you or so. And I think, I mean, I would expect it to continue to happen, to be honest with you. I think the confidence that they have in Gardner Minshew is completely justified. He's won games as a starter in this league. He does not turn the ball over, like you just said. His touchdown and turnover ratio is one of the best in the NFL among active quarterbacks in the league. All they got to do is just play the way, the, way, the way that they've been playing now. You know, don't don't ask the quarterback to do anything ridiculous. I know the Eagles open up the playbook a little bit more for uh, Jalen Hurts' deep balls. I don't think that's going to happen with Gardner Minshew. But you get Dallas Goddard back, who was a I want I want to say rewind that Jets game that Gardner Minshew started last year, where they won. His favorite target was Dallas Goddard to get the ball into Dallas Goddard's hands. I I expect the same here, and then I expect the Eagles to you know wake up, Saint Sachin especially from this past previous game, and, and realize my running back's a Pro Bowler. My running back's having his best season of his career. I'm going to utilize him. You know, I, yeah, yeah. I thought that was – I can't wait to hear your take on this because I think we're leading to this next. But Jalen Hurts getting hurt. You know, I've talked about this multiple times. And even this past offseason, we brought up about, you know, he missed two games uh, the, the year prior. And that you, you want to, you know, it's towards the end of the season, rein him in a little bit. You know, stay healthy. Keep your mobile quarterback, your dual-threat quarterback on – in the uh, in the game, they didn't do that against Chicago at all, Ed. They, they, they kind of asked for this to happen. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just bad luck. I mean, to have the, the injury happen. Um, we need a brutal day in Chicago. That defense is humming. The yeah, when you, when you have a quarterback like Hurts that has that kind of skill set, it's hard not to try to utilize it. And, you know, you talk to some of these coaches and they say that, uh, they only had six designed runs for Hertz in that game. He carried it 17 times. You know, he had a few on the RPOs, which, you know, he probably should have handed the ball off to Sanders. But a lot of times that decision-making is in Hertz's hands. Uh, but they only designed six runs for Hertz. He had a couple scrambles. Um, but six is probably too many when you're, like you say, you're playing on the frozen tundra. You're playing a three-win team, man. You're playing a three-win team. You, but, you uh, can take a pair of them with the passing, or you can at least run it down their throats when they have a questionable run defense. Yeah, they, but, you know, I'll, I'll say this. They did try to run a little bit. I know Sanders didn't touch the ball till late, but that defense was really pretty stout against the run, uh, you know, against the Eagles. Um, they made running tough. And even Lane Johnson said, when I asked him, like, why didn't you run the ball more? And he said, we just weren't executing. Um, and they saw some things down the field that they thought they could take advantage of that, you know, I mean, that Jalen Hurts just bombed away and he completed, you know, four very deep passes. But, you know, that was kind of the game plan coming in. And, you know, you can question it now. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, and Hurts got hurt. And that's unfortunate. Um, I would have liked to have seen Miles Sanders have more than 11 carries. No question. Like you said, pro bowler now, he's got 1,110 yards, 11 touchdowns. I mean, you know, let's do some design Sanders running plays. Don't let Hertz make the decision in an RPO style offense. 
especially because it looked like the Bears' defensive ends were really, you know, kind of collapsing pretty well, uh, you know, when they and they still ran that RPO. So, yeah, questionable game plan. Um, but still, I mean, you want to take advantage of Hurts' skill set. This is what he is. He's a dual threat quarterback, and that exposes him to certain risks. And, you know, we want to, you know, we saw him go down. Um, and it's unfortunate, but uh, you know, it's part of part of uh, life with Jalen Hurts. It's the way it's going to be with him as the quarterback of this team. And I'm completely fine with that. I am 100% fine with that. I just, you're playing a three-win team that's playing for pride. You know, of course, when you, all these teams, the Colts, the Bears, the Texans, you know, all these bad teams that everybody's looking at the Eagles like, are you guys frauds for, you know, playing the game that you did against them? But it's, it's more so everybody's forgetting that, you know, the Eagles are the best team in the NFL record-wise. Those teams want to beat the Eagles. They yeah. want to play their best football against the Eagles to look better, to feel sure. better about themselves. That's confidence boosters right there. So it, it's an easy I, game for opponents to get up for because right. tip your hat to the record. opponent. Tip yeah. your hat to the opponent because Sean Dacey, the Super Bowl. That's the Super Bowl for these teams is to come out and measure yourself against the best team in football. And I completely agree. I mean, and you know, it's happening in Dallas too with you know, the way Jacksonville just played them, the way Houston just played them. So it happens around the whole entire NFL. Bills lost some questionable games this year. The Chiefs lost to the Colts. You know, it's always going to happen because those teams want to come in and play their best football because they think they're playing against the best competition. They want to prove themselves. So, yeah, I don't read too much into the Eagles only won 25 to 20 because the Bears are in the right direction. That coaching staff is apparently the correct choice after the Matt Nagy era. Justin Fields is the quarterback of their future for sure. Justin, the, the one thing I think that we took for granted is one, we took for granted how Jalen Hurts played against Wig Martindale, who went up against Lamar Jackson in practice every every week. We took advantage. We took a took that for granted. So the way that Jalen Hurts looked, I thought, oh man, you can't tell me this guy hasn't arrived now after playing that way against Wig Martindale, who knows how to coach against quarterbacks like him. The second one is the Bears defense goes against up Justin Fields in practice every single day. They know what Justin Fields is. They know he is on par with Jalen Hurts in terms of mobility and rushing as a quarterback. So, of course, that they played Jalen Hurts running the ball very well. Of course, they did. They go up against a practice against a guy who's the same caliber of that every week. What was really impressive to me is even with the shoulder sprain, he's making those throws with ease. The throws that we questioned that he can make, or that you know I didn't question it, you didn't question it, but you know others did. He's making those throws with ease, and his his shoulder was sprained. I mean that that deep ball to AJ Brown at the end of the game. I'm not questioning if his shoulder is going to be healthy in these next couple of weeks. I think this is just a precautionary. Let's rest our MVP and not get him hurt any more than he already is. I mean, I'm like, I'll be honest with you, Ed. People might think I'm overreacting here, but do you trust Dallas with the not 100% Jalen Hurts? I don't. Do I trust Dallas to win the game? No, no. Do you trust Dallas to not make it worse on Jalen Hurts, his injury? Oh, well, uh, players are going to try to hurt each other, the quarterback every single game. They're going to try to knock your quarterback out. That's what I'm out. saying. I, I, no matter who it is, uh, you know, the Saints have a tough defense. You know, does Jalen come back against the Saints if the Eagles need to win that game? I mean, you know, uh, the Giants have a good defense. I mean, you know, no team is going to show mercy on you if they know what your injury is you know no competitor is going to do that uh, no matter what the sport is right. so yeah i mean you know I, I i just think it's a matter of getting the rest and treatment that this shoulder sprain requires and that's what the eagles are doing here i mean i was surprised frankly that they ruled him out this early nick usually gives us nothing 
um, on injuries until the injury report comes out later in the day and it's announced who's in, who's out. Um, but, you know, he, he said they talked to Jalen yesterday and he was disappointed that, you know, with, with the news, you know, because he would try to play through everything if he could. But he understands, uh, you know, the situation here. Jalen doesn't want to go out there and hurt his team because he's not at 100%. Uh, and, and, you know, it's not like you're throwing Ian Book out there. I mean, I wouldn't have any confidence in Ian Book uh, to All come right. in there. And you hope that he doesn't have to if something were to happen to Minshew during the game. But, uh, you know, Minshew's a capable quarterback, and this is a move that makes sense. Uh, and, and then, you know, it's a week by week now. If the Eagles wrap it up, I know there have not been any conversations about what the uh, future of their lineup will look like over the final two games. Who's in, who's out, the arrest orders, do you play them for a series, do you treat it like a preseason? Uh, they're putting every effort into winning this game and they're staying in the moment, so they're not talking about that. So if the Eagles lose, uh, then, you know, do they panic and say, hey, oh my gosh, we need to win? Uh, you know, the Cowboys still have two road games after this. They have to go to Tennessee to play the Titans and then to Washington to play the Commanders and the Vikings. I don't know if they're going to win out either. So, you know, I, I don't think it would be panic time. Uh, if Hurts still needs the rest, you run Minshew back out there against the Saints. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. I just think that right now with the Cowboys, it's still a winnable game. Um, you know, they can, they have a very good roster. I mean, look at the Pro Bowl. You know, they could have put, you know, the your entire team on the pro bowl. So, I mean, it's not just the quarterback. The NFC East made up 21 yeah. of 44 NFC pro bowlers. It's been the best division in football. I mean, it makes sense, but you know, I think the offense will look different with Minshew. You won't probably see as much RPO stuff. And that was one thing that really seemed to fool Dallas in the first meeting was, you know, hurts uh, his ability to kind of get to the edge and decide whether to run pass or, 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 you know, whatever. And Micah Parsons we saw was so ineffective because he wasn't sure what to do. Um, so that's going to be, you know, an aspect that's going to be different. But the good news is the Eagles have two tackles that can handle uh, whatever is on the perimeter of that pass rush for the Cowboys. You know, Malata and Lane Johnson are, are fantastic. So, um, you know, it's going to look different, um, but it doesn't mean that they won't be able to win this game. If if they go out there and beat Dallas, I think you see Gardner Vinci for the rest of the season. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think they. I think you see him against the Saints. I don't think they're I, – I think the Eagles are confident enough, and I would be too, to be honest with you, that they can be the Saints of Gardner Minshew. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But if they win this game with Gardner, I think it's set in stone. Yeah. I mean, again, we can cross that bridge when it happens. But to me, I mean, you know, you would look probably at what they've done in the preseason. They might play Jalen for a series. You know, you might just kind of keep him as fresh as he can get. You know, you maybe you run him out there for – one series and you take him out. I mean, I, I don't know. That's what they that's did. The, the that's the debates that I, that's the debates I've yeah. been having with people too, is if you yeah. don't want him going into the, the postseason because you're getting you you theoretically potentially get this by mm -hmm. and then he misses these final three games. That's that's a lot of weeks without football. Well, January 21st, that weekend is when they would play again, should they get the bye. So what are we at? Uh, you know, it's Thursday, December 22nd. That's almost a month. That's almost a month it's, without football. It, it, it's over a month because the last game he will have played will have been, you know, on the 18th. True. So you're looking at a month of inactivity for Jalen Hurts. So I'm not sure what the Eagles would do in that situation. Um, but, yeah, you could absolutely see Gardner Minshew finishing out this season should they wrap things up in Dallas on Saturday. Let's talk about these Pro Bowl snubs. I mean, you know, I know a lot of people are Chauncey Gardner Johnson leads the NFL in interceptions, but that injury hurt him. Dallas Goddard's been a top three tight end in the NFL this year by far, if you ask me. That injury hurt his chances. 
a lot of people were up in arms about James Bradbury, and rightfully so. I'm more concerned about why the hell Javon Hargrave didn't make it. I mean, it's not like the NFL has, especially the NFC, to be honest with you, defensive tackles blown everybody out of the water this year like Javon Hargrave has. Um, the fact that he did not make it with 10 sacks, 10 sacks. I mean, no, it's no. a fan well, boat. He right. doesn't get nationally. He doesn't get nationally recognized as he should as one of the top interior players in the NFL. Because honestly, Ed, he's the Eagles' best interior player. He is, and that's not rat nationally recognized yet. Because if you ask a casual NFL fan, they're going to say, "Well, Fletcher Cox is what puts it all together." And no, that's not the case anymore at all. It's really Javon Hargrave that leads the interior. So it's it's a shame because he's not nationally recognized. But I I just can't get over that snub. I think that's the most ridiculous one of them all. I didn't even complain about Bradbury. I kind of expected it, you know, unfortunate for him. He's the cornerback two on a team that has a cornerback one that's nationally recognized as a top three corner in the NFL and got his Pro Bowl deserved. Uh, I think that did hurt his his case, even though he deserved it. Obviously, you and I both know that we all know that he deserved to be in the Pro Bowl. But I think that I think that hurt his case. Jalen Hargrave, there's no excuse for it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you have to look at who made the team. And if you look at the NFC D tackles, I mean, you had Aaron Donald. I don't know what kind of season he's having. Not the uh, best. Not the best, but, you know, he's a reputation guy. Um, you had DeMarcus uh, Dexter, Dexter Lawrence. Lawrence. He I deserved mean, it. He deserved he's it. Probably the Giants' best player. And then you have uh, Jonathan Allen from Washington who, you know, he's having a good season too. I'd love to see him come, come to Philadelphia if he has a free agency thing coming up, but, but those are three good tackles and, you know, there's three components to the voting. It's the fans and Hargrave won the fan vote, but then the other two components are coaches and players. They all have a vote. Um, So, you know, they're, they're kind of uh, seeing what they're seeing from a different perspective than we are. Uh, and I guess they just thought, you know, Lawrence and Allen and Donald were, were better. They they probably never even saw Donald play or played against him this year, but they're just like, oh, Aaron Donald, he deserves to be on it because, you know, he's right. one of the best his players. Name. But, yeah, his name. So it's a shame. I mean, I feel bad for Hargrave. He made it last year. Uh, it, you know, one of the you know, nicest kids on the team, to be honest, just a super nice guy. And um, when the locker room opens uh, later today, I'll probably try to talk to him a little bit about it. But you know, uh, th- this team has bigger goals. They want to win the Super Bowl, obviously. And when when you look at, I mean, they have eight guys going to the Pro Bowl. That's more than any other team. They have seventeen. That you, you factor in their nine alternates. That's seventeen players. And when you figure you can only start twenty two guys, you know, eleven on offense, eleven on defense, and and you take Rick Lovato out of the mix, I guess, because he's a long snapper. But you have sixteen of twenty two guys that are Pro Bowlers. I mean, that that is unreal. Um, when you think of the job Howie Roseman has done with this roster, I mean, that speaks volumes to how Roseman has transitioned this roster in just five seasons, even less, because they tried to keep that Super Bowl window open. They won five years ago. They tried to keep it open for another year or two. So in a very short time, Howie Roseman has been responsible for sending 17 players to the Pro Bowl. And you could talk about snubs. I thought Josh Sweat certainly deserved to mention. He made it last year. Um, like you said, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, you know, the injury derailed that. He probably would have made it. Um, Dallas Goddard certainly could have been in the mix, but, you know, he had the injury that derailed what looked like was going to be a thousand yard receiving season from the tight end. Um, so, you know, it'd be great to get, you know, 12, you know, three or four more guys, but, you know, they've already got a ton of guys and that that's pretty good, <laughs> you know, to have that many players 
that were recognized. And, you know, there's always snubs. You know, you could look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Alonzo Highsmith had 11 sacks. He didn't get picked. Um, you know, every every year there's snubs. And Hargrave, to me, is probably the most egregious um, for the Eagles. You know, maybe Bradbury. How about Devontae Smith? I mean, Devontae yeah. Smith has 71 catches, 901 yards, five touchdowns. You could put Devontae Smith in the snub category, too. So, you know, sometimes you have to look at who made it. You know, if you look at the defensive backs from the NFC, it's Jair Alexander, Trayvon Diggs, Slay, obviously, and Tariq Woolen, uh, a, a rookie with the Seahawks. I mean, yeah, that's a pretty good foursome. Um, you know, <laughs> it'd be nice to get all the Eagles on, <laughs> but it's it's just not, you know, it's just not the reality, unfortunately. You know, it's funny. You brought this up this morning in Ian Rappaport dropped a little uh, news report that he was interviewing executives around the league and he was, you know, doing his, his yearly tally for the, the best GM. And this anonymous executive goes, you know, we all credited Harry Roseman with what he did in 2016 with packaging Kiko Alonso and Brad Byron Maxwell to make that draft move up for Carson Wentz and create a Super Bowl roster with a rookie quarterback contract. We never thought he could do it again. And he did it this time even better. He's a motherfucker. That's what this executive said about Harry Roseman, the Ian Rappaport. And I'm like, it's so true. This is so uncommon and unheralded by the guy that, you know, Philadelphia points the finger at to fire once everything goes wrong immediately. For the second time in a row, he's completely transformed the roster and made it a Super Bowl contending roster in such a short time frame. In addition to the fact that he's had to go through a whole new coaching staff while doing so. Is he the best GM in the NFL? Well, he certainly is this year. He's a slam dunk, in my opinion, to be the executive of the year. Uh, I don't know, maybe Chris Greer in Miami, but the Dolphins have fallen on their face here the last three weeks, three straight losses. So, yeah, I mean, it, is he the best GM in the NFL? I, I, I would say at this point, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, he was the best in 2017. Um, he tried to keep, like I said, that Super Bowl window open for him another year or two uh and it didn't work the team got older so then he moved on from that started to pile up draft picks to replenish this roster and uh look where they are now you know they've got the best roster in football in my opinion we're talking about the pro bowl all these guys that made it and you could have had more um yeah i I don't see how you can't say and that's an ever-changing title you know best gm in football i mean right now at this moment in this season, yes, Howie Roseman is the best GM in football. And show me a GM who who's had a perfect first round record. Show me a GM. Show me a GM that that doesn't mess up in the draft in the first first second round. Yeah, but it goes beyond that. I mean, it goes beyond decision making as to how you spend your money. You know, each team plays with the same amount of money each year, and so there are other decisions beside the draft that need to be made. I mean, you know, he trades for AJ Brown, signs him to a big right. deal. He trades for Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Um, you know, he drafts Jordan Davis after trading up to get him. He brings in the Damakong Sue and Linval Joseph to bolster the defensive line. I mean, it, it's just it, it's it's beyond just the draft. I mean, it's it's everything decisions that get made in free agency on the trade market uh, during the season. I mean, it's, it's, it's so much, it's a, it's this big ball of wax and yet, yeah, you know, every GM does make mistakes in the draft, but it's, it's beyond just the draft with these guys, they have to make continually good decisions and, and how he has done that this year. And he did it in 2017. And, you know, maybe he didn't make best decisions after that, 
Um, certainly the 2018 draft class was a great draft class, all contributions up and down from that class. But uh, yeah, every year is not going to be like that, you know, because just because of the nature of the game. Well, he's also learned when to cut bait. I yeah. think that's the huge, the biggest takeaway, I think, from his ascension to becoming the top GM in the NFL is because a lot of those GMs don't know to do that. So my example is Jalen Rager's a 2020 first round pick. Most teams don't want to give up on their 2020 first round pick this early and wouldn't. They would right. keep him for the politics of it of him being a first round pick. How he instead kicks the trade and gets more than the Cowboys got for Mari Cooper by doing so. This, you know, the Sam Bradford situation, you know, I know that the quarterback injury opened it up and you can't turn down a first round pick for Sam Bradford. It'd be ridiculous too. But, you know, some other teams would be, I don't want to, you know, say this because I don't want to say it's fully correct, but some other teams are thinking, well, I want to have Carson Wentz wait in the wings and make sure that he's ready before I th thrust him out there. And that's what Sam Bradford allows me to do. So on and so forth, Ed. You know, the Kiko Alonso, Byron Maxwell situation, you could have you held on to those guys and wanted to see them in a new coaching staff after giving them a, one being a huge trade and the other having a huge contract. But no, you know, you move on and you're like, that's a mistake. Let's move on. Yeah. The fact that he's been able to, you know, identify these mistakes and move on and do the right move by doing so and then fix the issue that, you know, maybe he caused. Uh, yeah. That's what puts him in the top. Well, that's why I think he's the best GM in the NFL because you look at all these other Mickey Loomis is not going to be able to save what he's done in New Orleans. He's not going to, you know, there, there's no getting them a quarterback this year to fix their quarterback issues. They, yeah. they ruined that by giving away their first round pick to the Philadelphia Eagles. You, Chris Ballard's not going to be able to fix the Colts. He's probably going to get fired. He's not going to fix the Colts. I guarantee you. I, I, I will put $100 on anybody who's willing to bet me that Chris Ballard won't fix the Colts because I can almost guarantee he won't. Uh, you know, multiple examples in the league where GMs get fired because they're not able to fix the issues that they caused. The reason why High Roseman is not fired, Ed, or why the reason why he survived those all those second chances that we're all wondering why Jeffrey Leary gave to him at the time is because of this reason right here. He corrects them. He corrects them beautifully. He corrects them so well that he opens another Super Bowl window by doing so with a quarterback on a rookie contract once again. It's unheard of, Ed. It's unheard of. It does not happen. And we all need to accept the fact that the guy that we all wanted fired when everything went wrong, every time something goes wrong, is now the best GM in the NFL and the Philadelphia Eagles are blessed to have that man making personal decisions for their team. Because I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, Ed. For all the credit I've been getting Jonathan Gannon for this turnaround, it doesn't happen if High Roseman is not the guy making personal decisions for him. It doesn't happen. You know, Hassan Reddick's not here on this great deal. James Bradbury is not being able to convince to come in and be cornerback too. They don't make that trade for Chauncey Gardner Johnson with ease and giving up minimal to do so. Uh, if there is no high Roseman, there is no Jonathan Gannon's incredible turnaround. And then there is no Jonathan Gannon head coaching job. So I just want to put that out there as much as credit. I give Jonathan Gannon. I know everybody gets on me for it too. I have to give it to High Roseman, too, because that personnel additions he brought in, not just all those guys I mentioned, but Jordan Davis as well as, like, Ed's pointing now, Sue, Linville Joseph, he's keeping Jonathan Gannon afloat, and he theoretically just got him a head coaching job as well by doing so. So that's the, re that, that's, that's the reason why he's the greatest GM, the best GM in the NFL right now, absolutely, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and every year brings challenges. I mean, look what's going to happen this offseason. He's got, like, 15 key free agents he needs to make a decision on whether to bring them back. And again, you're going to have monetary constraints there. So you have to decide 
who it is you want. You have to make the right decision. You don't have as many draft picks now in the in this season because you traded some of them away. You have a, the two firsts, obviously. What are you going to do with those? Um, you have a second, a third. I don't think you have any fourth, fifth, or sixth. Um, so not that they need them. I mean, this team is its arrow is pointing up. Um, but again, you have to make those right decisions in the offseason as to which free agents you're bringing back. Sanders, Bradbury, Chauncey, Gardner, Johnson, uh, you know, Edwards, Kaiser. I mean, the list goes on. They just have so many guys. And what I think is going to happen is, is they're going to sign Hertz to a big contract. Uh, he's eligible for one January 9th. We could see him get one going into the playoffs um, because I think they want to get him locked down first. And then they're going to have to decide what to do from there when they see how much money they're going to have to deal with. That's probably why we didn't see any contract extensions in November like he likes to do. So listen, you know, the goal is always to be the best GM and it, it, re, it kind of resets every year uh, as to who that best GM is if you're in the moment. And right now he is, we'll see if 2023 brings, you know, more of the same uh, changes every year. There's only one test he has to prove that I think what really faltered this Super Bowl window that the Eagles had is, those guys that you're talking about that they had to end up replacing, like the Patrick Robinsons of the world. Uh, I know Chris Long had to be end up being replaced. Uh, uh, Jordan Hicks had to be replaced. You know, offensive line people had to be replaced. Bowles had to be replaced. But the one thing that they did wrong when replacing those guys is the the draft couldn't aid them the way that they needed to. They couldn't get guys other than you know Josh Sweat, Devontae Maddox, and Dallas Goddard really to aid those replacements now you have to this time around when you're losing all those free agents and you have these draft picks that you have these two these two first round picks not only that Ed, don't forget about that second round pick in 2024 because this is going to yeah. be a year-to-year thing with building through the draft to replace these guys it's not going to be a one-year window mm-hmm. that's good, the one thing we have to hit on this time around is the when you're losing these guys you need to replace them with younger inherit I mean, uh, younger developed talent and they have they have the top draft capital to do so this time around they're gonna have to hit on these picks they can't have another jj arcega white side they can't have another jalen rager you know they're gonna have to hit on these picks and they're gonna have to aid the team to be the future of this franchise once you know james bradbury walks out the store kaiser white walks out i mean the kobe dean's gonna replace kaiser white so i'm not gonna say him but you understand fletcher cox walks out this door potentially brandon graham all those other you know big name guys that potentially walk out this door they're going to have to replace these guys, and the only way they're going to be able to do so once to give Jalen Hurts this deal is going to be the VA the draft. So we'll see it. That's the one thing that stopped them going further. That's what derailed the Super Bowl. If you ask me, that Super Bowl window is that these guys that they drafted were complete whiffs and did nothing to help the team moving forward. They, they can't have that this time around. I, I agree 100%. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how it works out. Um, but right now uh, – <laughs> You know, to stay in the moment again, I mean, you know, we still have some some games to win here for the Eagles and the playoffs beyond that. Uh, it's gonna this be team's going to be Super Bowl, Ed. This team's yeah. going to the Super Bowl. All right. I'm 100% confident that they're going to the Super Bowl. It would be a dis- I would be very disappointed, and I will let the podcast know if it doesn't happen, how disappointed I am, because the cards are aligning here. And I don't – I just don't – I look at every team in the NFC, and I know we give credit to the Niners defense being what it is. I know we give credit to Dallas for being the team that they are. No, you can't convince me these teams are beating the Eagles. Yeah. Even if the Bucs get in with Tom Brady's magic. You know, Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich, the way they're coaching this year and the way the Bucs team's playing this year, they're not beating the Eagles this time around. It's not happening. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, it's not. These NFC teams do not scare me. 
I look, I'm looking, I'm way looking ahead and people are going to fault me for it, but I'm way looking ahead for the Bills and the Chiefs to see what they do. Yeah. It was very, yeah. very tough opponents, but I, in the NFC, I'm sorry. The NFC just does not step it up this year to, to show me a team that's really going to be competitive towards the Eagles. Say what you will about these last couple games and how they've been close for the Eagles and how they've been competitive, but I gave you the reason earlier in the pod of the reason why I believe so. I don't think you can stop in the NFC that there's a team that can stop this Eagles team this year. I'm sorry. I don't. Yeah, there's some, yeah, I, well, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I just, you know, all you can really do is just kind of enjoy the journey. You know, it's been a great journey and, uh, you know, 13 wins, uh, a lot of historic things happening with statistics uh, you know, 55 sacks. I mean, they could have they most, could break the most by a team. 14 games in since the 2000 Saints. Yeah. Um, you know, so, I mean, there's so much good that has happened and I would just say, enjoy that. And, you know, just cross off another day and, you know, see what the next day brings as far as where this team can go. But I, I, I'd be disappointing if they didn't get to the Super Bowl, Sure. But, you know, you try to like Sirianni says it all the time, stay in the moment, you know, let's see what each day brings. And that I, it's probably all you can do right now is just enjoy what they're doing. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where it all ends. I mean, you know, you can compare it to the Phillies, you know, it, it was a great ride. It was a great journey. It didn't end in a world series championship, but that doesn't belittle anything to what they did. Yeah. It's disappointing, but man, what, what a great ride that was. And this to me has been a really great ride, a really most unexpected ride. Um, you know, Nick Sirianni, you know, what he's done. We talked about Howie. I mean, listen, this guy was two and five last year. You know, people wanted him fired. Everybody's talking one and done. And now he's 20, what is he? 22 and nine in the regular season. Um <laughs> That's unbelievable, but considering how he got off to a start. So again, you stay in the moment, you know, uh, two and five, you're thinking, okay, well, who's going to be the next coach out there? Who are they going to bring in? Uh, and then boom, turns it around and now sitting at 13 and one. So, you know, you can't look too far ahead because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, again, when Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl, you didn't envision life without Doug Peterson. It just didn't happen. But I never got the... I get the more Dick Vermeil sense from Doug Peterson when he was the coach of the Eagles more so than the Andy Reid sense. With Nick Sirianni, I get that Andy Reid sense. I, the young, unheralded coach that nobody knew when they hired him, offensive genius. We yeah. even takes, we even has enough pride to sit back and say, you know what, I should be the coach of this team. I'm gonna let somebody else call plays. So I mean, you know, it took Andy Reid a while to get to this, that point, but it, he did get to that point now where. He doesn't have to. He doesn't feel the need to call plays every single uh, possession for offensive possession of the game. Yeah, Nick Sirianni reminds me of young Andy Reid, man. I really, he really does. Like yeah. that, Andy Reid started off rough for the Eagles, turned it around, became one of their longest head coaching uh, icons for this franchise. I really do get Andy Reid vibes from Nick Sirianni. I know we had the the vibes with Doug Peterson. You never envisioned life without Doug Peterson. So this is really early to say, but. It's hard for me to envision life without Nick Sirianni now because it he just looks the way that he started with the Eagles is so familiar to the way Andy Reid started with the team. Yeah, you could even say Dick Vermeil. I mean, Dick Vermeil was an unheralded college coach when they hired him back in the seventies. It was like, who? Why are they bringing a college coach in here? And Vermeil wore his emotions on his sleeve a lot, like Nick Sirianni does. You know, Sirianni is a very emotional 
coach and Dick Vermeil was too. And, uh, you know, Vermeil got off to some rocky, a rocky start as well. And so did Andy Reed. Um, but again, uh, Jeffrey Lurie stands by the people he hires. He's not a one and done guy. I mean, I know he made a mistake with Chip Kelly, but even Chip Kelly was here for, you know, two, two plus years, almost three seasons. So, um, yeah, you could certainly compare him to Reed. I would put even Vermeil in there, Dick Vermeil way back when, uh, you know, with the way he operated his team is similar to Nick Sirianni. He tells you the truth. You know, he deals with you as men. And uh, that's kind of what Nick does. And the players like him. They want to play for him just like they did with Vermeil, just like they did with Reed. I mean, Eagles had some really good coaches in their history. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it always hasn't led to a Super Bowl championship. Obviously, they only have one of those. So, um, but they have had some good coaches. And Nick Sirianni's in that same in that same mold. And Doug Peterson is one of the greatest coaches they've ever had, too, and I will always recognize him for that. Dougie P, thank you for that one against Dallas. Yeah. You guys did a phenomenal yeah, job. He's doing a great job in Jacksonville. I mean, Oh, that, he turned it around completely. Listen, they win their last three games down there, and some other things go right. He could be in the playoffs. His even first if they year. don't. I mean, I mean even, yeah, and even he's if they got don't. Trevor that, Lawrence looking like a good quarterback. I mean, he's right. just a, he's just a good, a very good, underrated, solid head coach. And, you know, some people may not want to give him credit for that, but I certainly do. Oh, he's a great coach. And, yeah. you know, second time in a row where he's taken an organization that's completely dysfunctional, had an awful egotistic maniac as a coach and turned the culture around and flipped it in one year being there. Like, yep. even if they don't make the playoffs, that's a winning team now for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So Ed is at the Novacare Complex. Like we said, he's got to get back to work to cover the Eagles and hear these press conferences. Because I'm interested to hear what Gardner Minshew has to say later in the day. Ed, real quick before we end the podcast, is Jalen Hurts your pick for MVP still? Uh, yeah, I, I he would be mine. I thought Carson Wentz should have won it in 2017 after he got hurt. Of course, it didn't happen. So I, I think he's my pick still, uh, but I don't think he'll get it. I think that'll go. I don't to think Mahomes. he's going to get it either. But but I think the Eagles will win the Executive of the Year award with Howie, the Coach of the Year with Nick, and. You know, Jalen will live to fight another year. Um, well, I but, think Jalen's still going to get an award. I think he's just going to win Offensive Player of the Year award. Well, he, yeah, he, he very well could. I mean, yeah, they should get the Comeback Player of the Year with Brandon Graham, what he's done coming back from an Achilles injury, eight and a half sacks. Um, yeah, I mean, there's still awards. And, you know, to be honest, none of these guys, it's nice to be recognized. Uh, Hurts would Jonathan like Gannon deserves MVP. Comeback Player of the Year award. <laughs> comeback Coach of the Year. They need um, to have something like that because, man, I mean, compared for the last year, night and yeah. day. I'm not going to lie to you guys. The Eagles haven't had a great de- a defensive coordinator season like this since Jim Johnson was alive. And I, all due respect to Jim Schwartz and everything he's done, he's the lone Super Bowl winning defensive coordinator in Eagles history, but he he wasn't even doing what Jonathan Gann's doing this year. Sorry, just not happening. I, yeah. We haven't seen the best defensive coordinator season like this since Jim Johnson was walking this earth. Well, you mentioned it earlier. I mean, how he got him the personnel, and that was my contention all last year. Is it is it Gannon or is it the personnel? He didn't have the personnel, to be honest. And now you bring in Hassan Reddick, you know, 12 sacks. You, you, you bring in Kaiser White, third on the team in tackles. You bring in Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who still leads the, team, the league in interceptions, I believe, with six. I mean, you, you, you've done things to this defense. You've given Gannon the guys that he needs, and – now we're seeing a different coach, whether people want to see that or not. You still see comments like, oh, Shane Steichen's going to be a head coach. And Sports Illustrated, we just did a big story on Shane Steichen. Connor Ward did the story. It was a great story. And, you know, I tweeted out there, hey, you got to read the story. And some guys tweets back like, well, I would take him. Like, well, don't you don't you like, 
you know, having a third ranked defense and or rather offense uh, under Steichen hurts as an MVP candidate. I mean, you got a guy like that credit. That guy like that would be crying right now if he was a Chargers fan because all Chargers fans are begging for Saint Station back. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just these guys don't get any credit. You know, they don't they don't see the forest through the trees or the trees. Yeah, the, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I don't know how many yeah. times we have to learn that lesson for to finally get through our heads because Billy Davis was awful, awful, and I don't. And it's hard to blame him too because of how Chip Kelly's scheme was so harsh on the defense. But yeah, those were incredibly awful defensive performances week in and week out that we saw from them. Yeah. I'm not saying Denard Wilson will be that, but there's a chance that our Wilson is not as good as Jonathan Gannon. And then you guys, your, your, your booze and your fire him are going to be even louder than they were for Jonathan Gannon. And there's going to be a reason for that. So I, and same thing for St. Sykeson, man, that's ridiculous. You know, yeah. Shane, I don't think Jalen Hurts is the quarterback that he is today without St. Sykeson. So yeah. And you got to give Hurts a lot of credit too. I know it's a village around him, but man, that guy's, just got the unquenchable desire to be great and right. you know i never doubted him for a second anyways going yeah. into the league but yeah the, but the coaches around him there's a reason why justin herbert had the rookie of the year performance that he had and there's a reason why jalen Hurts is ascend the player that he has it's the coaching it has helped tremendously and stage yeah. is at the front and center of that yep it's called a track record you know he's got yeah. it and he deserves an opportunity and, to be the head coach and he's probably going to coach the panthers next year and fix their quarterback situation so Man, and then everybody sick. will be wondering why our offense took a little bit of step back because I'm telling you guys right now, when Frank Reich walked out that door, the difference in offense was noticeable, and there will be a difference in offense once St. Sweatshirt walks out that door too, and there will be that will be another adversity for the Eagles to overcome. Hopefully this time around they do so because they didn't last time, but be careful what you wish for because we've been bit so hard by this before, time after time after time again, and they're going to be bit by it again 100% when this offseason rolls around. Yeah. Because and Gannon are gone in my books. I think so, too. And my, would I pick Jalen Hurts to win MVP? Absolutely. And that's kind of a biased answer anyways. Do I think he's going to win MVP? No, I think Mahomes is going to win it. They yeah. really, they hone in on passing touchdowns. That's kind of how I feel, yeah. They, they credit, they'll credit Jalen Hurts for Offensive Player of the Year because of his rushing touchdowns, but they hone in on passing touchdowns and passing uh, statistics when it comes to that award. And Unfortunately, Patrick Mahomes is the one that has the most. And again, what Jalen Hurts has done this this year is incredible. Whatever whatever happens, I don't care if he wins MVP or not. You can't take away from the season he's had and the ascension he's had as a as a professional football player. But Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes is doing things uncharacteristic like at the NFL level from the quarterback position. He might at the end of the at the end of his career become the best quarterback of all time from a talent standpoint, and it wouldn't be justified. Mm-hmm. So for him winning the MVP is no knock on Jalen Hurts or what Jalen Hurts did this year. He's he's an unfortunate victim of the times because Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest generational talents we've ever seen, and he continues to do so year in and year out. That's all yeah. it is. That's all the way yeah. I look at it. You're not going to make a knock on Jalen Hurts' this season. It's an MVP season for my, in my books, no matter what. But I do think Mahomes is going to win it for those reasons. Yeah, me too. I, I think even if Hurts were to stay healthy the rest of the I year. Why, I don't know why people care so much about MVP award because I hate to bring it to you guys. Go look at the research. Research this real quick when you guys get all, done listening to our pod and, and let me know what you think about this. How many MVPs have won the Super Bowl the same season? Not many. And it hasn't been done since 1989. Wow. How many Eagles have won an MVP? Zero. Yeah, I know. If Joan Hurts would be the first. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that's how great. You can't take this for lightly what he's doing. 
Right. You couldn't take for lightly what Carson Wentz was doing in 2017 either, and we didn't as Eagles fans. But yeah. what Jalen Hurts is doing this year when nobody, nobody – I mean, again, a lot of people doubted Carson Wentz too come from North Dakota State, but everybody told you Jalen Hurts would not be a starting quarterback in this league. Everybody. People at least credit uh, recognize Carson Wentz as a, as a top pick in that draft. Nobody did for Jalen Hurts. You know, if the Eagles didn't take him at 53, I don't know where he goes in that draft, to be honest with you guys. So – Give the credit where it's due. What he's done is phenomenal, and you might not see something like this again. 35 total touchdowns, 13 rushing touchdowns by a quarterback. Um, franchise record. May never see it again. Maybe he gets 14 next year. Maybe he adds on to it this and year. He finally, I don't know, but... He's finally balanced, Ed. He's yeah. finally balanced. He's got 3,500 yards passing. Um, Almost yeah. has two 1K uh, wide receivers. The Eagles yeah. are – that does not happen for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, have two wide receivers almost hit 1K yards. They they were begging for just one since 2014 with Jeremy Macklin. They might have. They, I mean, I think they're going to have it. They're going to have two. Well, they should. But again, it depends how they approach the rest of the season. Should they win in Dallas? I mean, how many reps? I think they would try to get Smith a thousand yards. Um, I think they might try to get him a thousand yards this week. I mean, he's 99 yards away. Um, but I think it is going to be a big Dallas Goddard game in Dallas. Dallas and Dallas. I mean, we'll I see because I'm gonna. I I said this. My friends thought I was crazy because then you look at AJ Brown's stat line then in the game with, and you're like, yeah, maybe I was a little crazy. But it, it seems like the opening scripts are more Devonte Smith Taylor than they are AJ Brown Taylor. So we'll see. We'll see for sure. Yeah, well, the offense runs through those three guys: Brown, Smith, and Goddard. So Goddard's back. Him and like we said at the start of the show, him and Minshew have a chemistry. They played. Uh, together well in against the Jets last year. Uh, Goddard had 105 yards receiving, two touchdowns with Goddard with Minshew as his quarterback. Uh, they work well together. Goddard has a lot of trust, or Minshew has a lot of trust in Goddard. Um, just like Hertz has a lot of trust in AJ Brown. Uh, so that's the reason I just think you know we're going to see a big tight end game. I agree. Uh, you know I think the Cowboys are going to try to stop Smith and Brown on the outside, and what do they have underneath? to uh, shut down Goddard, uh, you know. They, we'll they have a very bad problem, my quarterback, too, though, so we'll see. They have a yeah. very bad problem there. Kelvin Joseph has been awful for them, so I would pick on That's that true. immediately if I'm Gardner Minshew. But That's we will true. see, and we will see that very soon, Christmas Eve, Saturday night. Ed is at Novacare Complex right now. I want to get back to work to cover the team, si.com slash NFL slash Eagles for his and John McMullen's fantastic work going on right now covering the Eagles. They will be at Novacare Complex all day to cover the press conferences, especially now that Jalen Hurts is ruled out. We want to hear from Gardner Minshew. We want to hear how he's tagging the week. SI.com slash NFL slash Eagles. You guys will find out those answers right there. Guys, have a merry, merry, merry Christmas if we don't talk to you guys. Thank you guys for all the support you've given to us. I've had a rough year with COVID, work, making my schedule work with Ed, aligned with Ed's, and you guys have not died down at all from your support. Every time we release an episode, we average – over 1,000 views, so thank you guys so much. We really appreciate the support and the continued support going forward. We will be here no matter what, giving you guys the podcast content you need. Thank you guys again, and have a Merry Christmas and a beautiful New Year. Happy holidays, everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.